2017 is almost behind us. It has been, to put it mildly, a tough year, especially if you're a fan of access to information, a more open society, and an internet of healthy and, let's say, constructive dialogue. Oh, of course, it wasn't all bad, and there are plenty of examples of interesting and encouraging projects out there, I'm sure. Actually, hold that thought for a moment, because I want to explain something else first. Source Code Berlin, as a podcast, has existed for almost three years now. And in that time, along with you, the audience, we've explored the Wikimedia galaxy, the many interesting stories and initiatives from the world of free knowledge. We've talked to many well-informed and highly inspiring individuals who, I dare say, are helping to make the world a better place. However, on a few occasions over these many months, some conversations have never gotten published. Yeah, that's right. For reasons that are often as simple as something else got in the way, some very interesting conversations never came out as podcasts. So what better time to address the unpublished material of this podcast than the end of a bumpy 2017? So join me today as we go into the Holiday Archive... The year is 2017, the month is August, and the event is Shah, better known as Hacker Camp. My guest is a legendary voice in the field of technology and civic engagement, once involved with the legendary Digital City Project of Amsterdam. Her work and her presentation at camp were focused on the new era, one where we empower citizens within cities to keep and control their personal data to decide if and how they're going to use it for this concept of a greater good. That guest is president and co-founder of the Wach Society, Marlene Sticker. My name is Marlene Sticker. I'm founder of Wach Society. And Wach Society is a foundation looking into the societal impact of technology and also prototyping new ideas and concepts for technology. Now, here at camp, uh, I imagine it's not your first camp, although we haven't spoken at any previous ones. Um, 2017, it's just to describe the setting, you'll hear Italians screaming in the background, screaming, singing, similar. We may hear uh, Dutch and other friends here. At, I think it's dinner time. Oh, grappa. Okay. <laughs> so we're sitting in a field of green, um, and uh, pretty soon the lights will come on at camp. A little cold. Um, and that's all to set the scene. Coming here, what were you most um, interested in, in discussing the topic that's most on your mind and, and I believe a topic you've been working on? Tell us a little about it. Well, we have a, a shared space here called Tsha. We do that with Bits of Freedom and Isok and some other partners. Um, these are all organizations uh, are um, working on getting technology accountable, uh, trying to figure out how we sort of reclaim our uh, privacy uh, in technology, how to rethink the models behind the financing of technology. 
Um, so technology as politics, I think this is what we are uh, talking about um, in our village at the moment. So I attended your talk and at some point uh, there's so many things to, to think about and, and you bring a lot of examples. Um, let's start in a, maybe a random area, but uh, I noticed that the, you discussed two cities in particular, one Amsterdam, the other Barcelona, as examples of cities that are doing some innovative, uh, even experimental things. And we'll talk about them. But one thing I noticed is that Barcelona has a, a CTO. And I always think of CTO, I think of companies. Um, And at first, I almost have this reaction of ill, you know, uh, what are we, a company? But now I'm thinking I should listen a little bit. Um, why have a, a CTO as a city? And, and I, I wonder, like, if you can reflect on that a bit. Well, I think Amsterdam has a CTO since four years, Barcelona since a year. I'm not sure if they mentioned they called it before something different, but... Um, Well, these people can make a difference, uh, especially when you have somebody with a real vision like Francesca Bria in Barcelona. Um, and she has also the space and, and opportunity to, uh, to really come with another strategy for the city because of the political conditions in the city, of course. It's a civil movement that now uh, uh, is in charge. So the whole concept of technology becomes much more about how it fosters societal uh, uh, impact than just seeing it as a place for investment and startups and uh, control. So, yeah, CTO is, is a, I think, a strange name, I, I agree, but um, it depends on the person, uh, who, uh, how this works in a city. Yeah, yeah and, and, and I realize don't get, I won't get too caught up on the, the title, but more on the function, which is this idea of technology as political, and within your city where you live, what technology is used that's a political choice it's a, more than that maybe yeah. well i think that there's a, a lot of confusion about technology if, if, if you think if you think about the whole term of smart city mm. that already uh, brings this confusion that it's being defined as smart solutions for all kind of problems we have uh, societal problems uh, sustainability uh, mm. um, uh, mobility all these kind of questions and then the idea is the basic narrative is well we bring technology in And then we will solve the problem. Yeah. Um, and this is also how companies sell technology to cities. Saying, well, here we have a beautiful platform. We have IoT, Internet of Things. Mm -hmm. Or we will make your uh, light system smart. Or we come with self-driving cars. And every time it's like the technology that will bring um, justice in the city. It will bring um, uh, the quality and, and, and everything. But at the same time, this, they also... the, the There are a lot of strings attached to these technologies and these platforms. And basically, they give the key to the city, to the companies. Mm -hmm. So smart cities is a concept where you sort of give your uh, control out of... Uh, is, are, is not with the mayor. Like, it's not yeah. the mayor rules the city or the world, the world. But it's actually the companies that are uh, taking over the public infrastructure of cities, taking over the water management, taking over the health inf infrastructure, um, monetizing all the data of your citizens. So, yes, technology is uh, uh, totally entangled with the financial uh, structures of the companies. And basically, the companies that are actually bringing this kind of technology are almost all coming from the Silicon Valley. They have a very specific uh, model, like monetizing on the data. So giving a lot of things for free uh, and then monetizing on the data of your citizens. So choices about technology are political. It has 
everything to do with your value system. Now, some may advocate for then don't, right? Don't do it. Don't do any kind of a login system or to get keep your data out of the hands of the city, or at least in the accessible uh, public side. But you're interested, and I believe even in favor of something a little different. And and I say this because I saw the examples of Amsterdam and Barcelona in a pilot program. Tell us a little bit about. That which you see as an interesting, if not uh, good, um, solution or option for cities. Well, it's very important that if you are critical about certain implementations of technology, it's not that you are against technology. I'm just saying that technology is not neutral. So if you 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 can shape the technology, the instructions that are inside of the the the, the technology, the, the the rules that you bring into. Deep learning, uh, self-driving cars, uh, big data uh, interpretation, uh, visualization. So it, it really depends on like what it, what is the value system that you want to promote. And yes, there, I think there's a lot to say that from data. You, we we have been a promoter of open data from from 20 years on already, uh, and I believe that it's very important to 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 um, retrieve information and to understand the world also by uh, uh, looking into data. The only question is who owns these data. So that if we want to learn from data, then we have to create something like a data commons, as something that we can uh, uh, make uh, uh, value out for everybody, not just for the ones that are that owning our our, our data. So the approach for for me would always be uh, being very much uh, engaged with. I think all all people that work with the Vag they love technology, mm-hmm. uh, but they also love society and democracy. And that can go together, but you have to be very careful in how you implement technology. And so, the kinds of systems that uh, you used as examples, um, these are systems where. Uh, what kind of areas do they touch on for the? Especially, I'm thinking here for the citizen. For and and in what sense are they allowing people to decide over what happens to their data, and, and, and more so than these other systems that we've heard about that some cities are investing in. Well, maybe a very recent uh, situation in in Amsterdam is that uh, f- from one moment to the other, uh, big uh, trucks drove into into the city and they were putting everywhere marked uh, ca- uh, bicycles, and they said these are sharing bicycles, yes. but of course they're bicycles to rent, and then um, and so they occupy public space, uh, and they say well it's, it's about sharing, so we are innovative. It, this is this is so. Th- And luckily, the city recognized that this, this is not very innovative. This is just trying to, to, to put yourself into the position to gain the data because all the, the business models, again, for the sharing bikes or rental bikes is creating a platform that you know everything. So if you, if you sign up to, to a bicycle, actually, the, all your data will be retrieved by this company. You give away all your data where you whereabouts, your, your, uh, your financial uh, agreements, everything. So it's it's so by recognizing that this is not innovation or disruption, as they call, as they always bring it as we're yeah. going to disrupt the buzzwords. The buzzwords. And finally, I think that the, the, this, the narrative is starting to to uh, to become different. 
Okay. So it's now like, okay, we have public space. We want to be very careful with the public space. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it public. Let, let's keep it open. Let's keep it open for everybody. And just don't monetize public space. So I think I think this is so now that Amsterdam decided to uh, to get rid of all the bikes. Mm-hmm. And then people come, okay, sharing. There's a lot of reasons to share, of course. I mean, if, if, if bikes are standing still for ages and they, 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 they also occupy space. Or the cars, they also yeah. occupy space. But then I think cities then should start to make a real good uh, uh, definition on how they want to, uh, under which conditions you can become part of this sharing environment. And again, you, ha- you need other rules than just giving it away to co- competitive uh, companies at the moment. Hmm. Uh, Decode will be, as I said, something which is open and usable for others as well. Uh, but we will first have to figure out how to uh, to make it uh, work in the in the infrastructure. And what I think is very interesting. That's why I, if we want to reclaim our identity and reclaim our data, um, of course it's about awareness. So if people know what's happening, then maybe they are more aware. Maybe they start to use Signal instead of WhatsApp. Maybe they're going to leave Facebook and start to use Mastodon, which is still not as user-friendly as you would like it to be. So there are, of course, there are part, for some people, there are for certain aspects of the internet, there are some alternatives that are end-to-end encrypted or you can so trust the networks and, and the applications. But most of them, they have to rely on infrastructure that's there and, can, and is trusted uh, by default, by design. And um, as, as we don't, I don't believe that the nation states are the ones that will help us to implement this. I think cities can be really of really help. So this is, for example, a way how Barcelona believes how Decode and other parts of it could become an ecosystem that can be trusted. And in, in, in this context, I think it makes sense to, uh, to believe that cities could drive this um, movement um, as long as the citizens are smart enough to participate in the process. So I want to uh, end with the, the technopolitics village that we have around the corner. And I think what's really nice about this collaboration between uh, the Internet Society and Bits of Freedom, the WAG, Data Active, Bureau Janssen and Janssen, Grip One, Contrast Networks, and all the others, is that we all believe that technology is politics. So it, it, you have to have. So it, it means that if you uh, start to be, to think about this strategy, then you have to engage with people that are non-technologists and and uh, try to make them understand that it's not as uh, crypto as they think it is, that they can have a role in defining the values that we want in our future technologies. So, thank you very much. And so in, in coming to Shah and coming to camp and uh, giving a talk, um, what are you looking for or to uh, in terms of uh, this community uh, kind of responses or even, uh, yeah. Uh, the first um, hacker event um, I went was the Chaos Computer Conference, but then uh, Hacking at the End of the Universe in 1993. 
And at that moment, it was very interesting that different people came together from both from hacking, but also from uh, technical media, from design, from cultural backgrounds. And it was very, very, uh, had a very, there was a huge potential at that moment that these people started to collaborate and work together. Uh, this moment, 2017, even much more people. <laughs> I think everything exploded. Um, on the one hand, I always get very happy to see so many people engaged and 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 so many so many smart people coming together and trying to um, solve some very uh, difficult issues together. Uh, coming up with strategies. Uh, on the other hand, I also sometimes feel that we should mingle more. I, I think there should be more crossovers between the people here, the hackers, the, the technologists, engineers, together with people that, for example, come from uh, reclaiming economics mm-hmm. or people that are working in the commons. I do I really do see that these are still very separate uh, groups and communities. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's why I used my talk to try to 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 make some bridges between these stories and to see to also re- I think that some of the narratives are the same yeah. so the narrative is the same but we just have different environments in which we act upon these narratives yeah. uh, so th- maybe that's my hope that these communities will well mingle more yeah yeah it's interesting you know we're all at the same camp we say we often I say it uh, but there can be you can live in your own world here you do that's our specialty maybe and indeed the the concept of how to connect people who could do wonderful things together uh, but they just maybe don't know it yet uh, I would I would expect more civil servants here because they, they have to make decisions about this, these technologies in their own environments in and, and uh, I think they would really be welcome here yeah. but um, by the way I mean maybe that's for next week that, that we make the connections again yeah. uh, and sometimes you need to, to, to be together with your with specialist because yeah. then you can dig some de- a bit deeper sometimes in the, in the topics which is actually happening here I think that's very very relevant and, and also for me very interesting All right, Marlene, let's go inside where it's a little warmer. There's music, there's food, perhaps, and there's a storm coming. Let's go for the grappa. Grappa is a good idea. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. You've been listening to a special From the Archive holiday edition of Source Code Berlin, this time featuring Marlene Sticker. Find her on Twitter, at Marlene double E there, Sticker, S-T-I-K-K-E-R, as well as more from the Vach Society at waagvach.org. Source Code Berlin is a Wikimedia Deutschland production with music today by Boom Boom Beckett, Tate Peterson, Deadbeat, Chase Allen Willis, and Dark Sun, all available from the Free Music Archive and published under CC licenses. This podcast is published under a CC BYSA 4.0 license and edited by me. Support the show and help us to know that this work matters to you. You can do that by subscribing in your favorite podcast app so you get the show automatically. You can also leave a review about what you like, or yes, even what you don't like about the show in the iTunes store or wherever you see podcasts being reviewed. Until next time, when we visit another moment from the glorious SCB unpublished archive, I'm Mark Fonseca Rendeiro. Thanks for listening. Thank you.
We are. We are.